witches, my name is Reverend Dr. Elise Fulbright, and it is my honor and privilege to serve as your conference superintendent in this central district where we have a collection of 106 congregations for which you are a part of, where we strive to be Christ-centered, community-connected, and missionally-centric. So when your pastor invited me to come and share a word today, I was so excited. And so we will not labor any longer. There is a word from the Lord and it is coming from Exodus, Exodus 1. And I'll be reading for your hearing verses 15 through 22. I would invite you in your time of prayer and uh, scripture reading to read the whole chapter of Exodus 1 and go into chapter 2 as I believe that it's good learning for the context of our time today. Hear now this word. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Hua, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summons the midwives and said to them, why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, God gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all of his people, every boy that is born to the Hebrews, you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. This indeed is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, Fall afresh on us this day. Melt us, mend us, fill us, and then use us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our God who is our rock and our redeemer. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. And so, dear friends, for the time that is ours to share, I would like for you to think with me with this theme in mind. What would you do? What would you do? I've always been intrigued by the television show uh, entitled, What Would You Do? It is the show that I believe tests the moral convictions and courage of everyday people with hidden cameras to see how they would react or retract when faced with challenging life issues in everyday situations. There have been some scenarios as I've watched the many different episodes where I have imagined myself being caught and how I would act in that moment. And there are indeed some other episodes where I would have sided with those who chose to do nothing and express a sense of empathy because indeed fighting for the voices of others takes a lot of work. 
I don't know about you, but uh, I would suggest that our current societal culture is indeed a real-time reality show <laughs> where the modern-day situations and it seems as if when these matters arise where we need to show up on behalf of others, we become conveniently silent. And I'm not even talking about the matters of race and politics and gender inequities, friends. I'm referencing some of the basic necessities that many humans are begging to have and many of us have remained silent when we indeed have the influence and affluence to do something about it. Thus the question, what would you do? You may be asking, and I'm glad you asked, so well, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about, perhaps, how is it that we here in Hendricks County could have the opportunity for every child to engage in quality and a quality education without going to bed hungry and waking up malnourished? What would it mean for families who they don't need to choose between food and medical or health care, but both of those needs are satisfied? And there are a host of other examples, but those are just some that come to mind for which we have remained silent for too long. There are far too many people who need our influence and affluence in order to make change in this world. And it begs the question, what would you do? And I would even suggest that we here who are called the church have become complicit in this silence when we have allowed our Jesus to be co-opted and misrepresented in a way that does not show compassion and mercy and love. When the Jesus whom we know, who ate with outcasts, who redeemed sinners, who raised to notoriety the unknowns uh, in order to carry forward the good news message, and who was neighborly to those who did not look like him, talk like him, or act like him, when that Jesus is being represented in a way that does not know, uh, that does not represent the Jesus that we know to be true as our Lord and our Savior, and we remain silent around that, that indeed is a problem. The great drum major for justice, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is quoted to say, the time is always ripe to do what is right. And I believe we see that complexity in our text for today as was, as was read in Exodus 1, 15 through 22. You see, Exodus begins as a new Pharaoh takes uh, into power and he is in fearing of the people, the children of Israel. And throughout the course of this reading and his initial leadership, he's proposing to deal with these people shrewdly, making them slaves when they were once honored guests in the land, forcing them to build grain storages, cities for his profit. The real drama is played out when the king attempts to repeatedly overcome this immigrant population with violence, but is repeatedly outmaneuvered by God and God's people. 
The new Pharaoh even steeped so low with the recruitment of these two Hebrew midwives, Sifra and Pua, to become accompanists to his crime and intentions to try to stop the population growth of God's people. It is noteworthy that many commentaries highlight uh, these two women, Sifra and Pua, who were considered to be prominent women and righteous women. So these women had a deep love and devotion to God, and that could not be compromised by the edicts of the king. What I love about this particular passage is that these two women were willing to lose everything in order to save the lives of the Hebrew babies. These two women who were so devoted to their faith were willing to use their influence and power so that others could be saved. These women were willing to die so that others could live. And I just wonder, what would we do Friends, it is said that the way of justice is never easy, but it is necessary so that all can experience freedom. And a recent quote that I heard suggests that you have to be brave enough to be faithful, even when you don't want to be. So what do you do, faithful follower of Jesus Christ, when you are presented with a decision that may cost you everything, but is the right thing to do for the sake of saving the lives of others? What do you do? And I'm sure this question is not rhetorical because I believe that perhaps we have all been faced with some of those complexities even right now where perhaps we have felt the nudge of God and God's spirit within us to do something for the sake of others, and yet we have remained silent. This is not that message of shame, but I would encourage us that this is a message of challenge, an opportunity to begin utilizing our voice and our witness for the sake of others to be unafraid and unashamed, to speak up and to speak out and to speak often on behalf of the least, the lost, the last, to be able to use our voices in places where the voiceless are not represented, to be able to be so grounded in our faith that people know that we are Christ followers because we are demonstrating the light and the love of Jesus Christ. Friends, we often lament because people are not gravitating to our ministries. It used to be the buildings, but COVID has done work on that. But people are not gravitating to this ministry or this understanding or this following of Jesus Christ. And it's not because the message is not relevant. The messengers have remained silent. And I believe that it is now our time as those who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ to identify the ways in which we are being willing or we are willing to contribute to the well-being of others. That we are willing to sacrifice our privileges so that others truly can experience living. I believe our opportunity today is to recommit to the way of Jesus and to truly begin embodying what it means in this calling of Jesus Christ. 
which may mean that our contributions move beyond our pocketbooks and stretch beyond our discomforts so that others who are living in discomfort may be able to experience the freedom and the joy of life. Now, it would be very easy for me as a preacher to be like, and these are your three points and go and do that and all will be well. I believe this type of work to be able to answer the question in real time moments of how we will show up for Jesus requires our own personal reflection, introspection, and commitment. Because I believe that that is the work of Christ, of Christ's understanding of who we understand him to be. If indeed we are going to be agents and extension of God's love and Christ's service, this is the personal work that we need to do with God's spirit prompting us and convicting us daily. As I recently heard someone say, it says, may we be every day the reasons someone believes in Jesus. May we be every day the reasons someone believes in Jesus. Are we willing to be like Shifra and Pua to really put our faith in action? Yes, I'm all about the thoughts and prayers, but after we have thought and after we have prayed, how will our words have power, our hands have work, and our feet have movement? Knowing that our contributions may never make the spotlight or even the newsprint, but we know that we are being faithful to the call of God to be the people of God who know and represent Christ in the way in which Christ came, he led, he died, and rose again. I would hope <laughs> that as we live beyond today, that the question will never be, what would you do? But people will know, those who call themselves faithful followers of Christ, this is what we do, and this is what we do consistent, consistently. We love, we share, we forgive, we give. After all, that's why Christ died for all of us. And that's why we believe. So may we go and show the world indeed who Jesus is. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Holy and gracious God, you have posed the question for us this day, what will we do? And for individuals, it may be committing to this path of relationship with you more deeper. For others, it may be the situations for which are being presented where we need to speak up and lend our voice and our witness so that others can be free. And for others, it may simply be, Lord, forgive me for the ways in which I have not done what you have asked. Lord, in your grace and in your mercy, we thank you for giving us this opportunity, for encouraging us to be your hands and feet in this world and reminding us 
that our purpose is to bear light and be a witness. And so for all of this, God, we thank you that as we go, you indeed are with us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and give you thanks. Amen. The people of the branches, thank you so much for this opportunity. Please know that you are in my prayers. I continue to pray for your well-being and your safety. And until we meet again, take good care. God bless you.